Hi, listeners. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alana. Hi, Sam. How are Welcome you? Welcome back. Welcome back home. Thanks. I know. I'm sad I'm not with you. That was so fun. It was I fun know. recording. One day, maybe one day we'll have a huge studio. And we'll have a gorgeous studio, <laughs> an actual camera, you know, the oh. real things. Yeah, what a concept. We, we're good with the microphones. The microphones are good quality. Yeah, honestly, that was a good, that was our good first purchase. I yeah. still stand by that. I do too, because we, we need, you need the good sound quality for sure. No one wants to listen to a Zoom call. No, I know. Even like, it's hard because even on like guest episodes too, like I know it doesn't sound as good, but I'm like, I don't know. If only. It's more, important, it's more important to circulate the information than it is to have like amazing sound quality, but. One day we will have a studio and our guests will come in. <laughs> Manifesting it, speaking it into existence. Exactly. Um, so I have a new program I'm really excited to share with you guys that I've been working on. I've seen it all over your socials and it looks incredible. Thank you. Thank you. So I just launched a brand new masterclass. This is one that's going to be live actually, but if you can't make it live, everyone will have access to the recordings, but it's all about... Um, building habits that stick. It's literally called habits that stick. And it's an ADHD focused class, um, all about strategies and understanding how we can make habits last in a way that works for our ADHD brains. And isn't that the whole thing of it all? Like aside from the emotional dysregulation, which is a huge portion of it, you do feel like habit building and like staying accountable is one of the biggest things that I struggle with. Mm -hmm. And the negative like how to do it. And then the negative side effects of not following through has the ability to derail me for sometimes like a week. So like if I had some personalized pointed information, you know, stuff that I could, and I love that you're making the sessions available to everyone because sometimes for me, it takes me a couple listens in order to, you know, figure stuff out. Exactly. Yeah. And that's actually super on point with what we're going to be talking today, which is like studying and focusing in a way that works for our ADHD. So I'm going to put the link in the description notes, but just to give you guys a little bit more background. So this class is for anyone who struggles to build habits, keep habits, um, building new routines, gets overwhelmed at the thought of building a new routine. Um, We've talked all about on this podcast, like struggling with all or nothing thinking, you know, being either completely in or not at all. And again, I think like Sam said, just the way that that impacts our mental health and it's it's such a challenge. So if this is something that you found overwhelming or you have difficulty like setting realistic goals when it comes to building new routines or things like that, this is for you. Um, This is also the first thing I'm ever going to be doing live. Like a lot of my past courses have been you know, just self-paced. So you can like click through on your own, which again, because of the recording, you can still do that. But I'm just, I'm really excited because I think that live aspect and like being able to engage in the chat, I think that's going to like that interactive piece is going to be helpful for ADHD years. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of what ADHD coaching is, it's relating to the person that's relaying you this information. And you are such a relatable character Like, I feel like everything that you and I have struggled with and all of the things that like make us upset or make us happy, like there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. So I don't know. I'm just like so excited. Like what an invaluable resource. 
Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited for this one. So when's the first live session? The first one is a little over a week away. It's April 19th and 20th. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm really excited. It'll be a good one. Guys, make sure you check it out. I think it's a really, really good way to launch into our topic for the podcast because we all need a little bit of help with habit tracking. And I don't think you kind of realize how difficult it is to do until you learn some resources and some tactics that make it really easy, which is what this course will do. And then it kind of makes you think like, oh my God, I've been doing it so hard this entire time. Like it could have been so much easier. Yeah. Like working against our brain, which like today talking about, someone asked us a couple of weeks ago, they said, can you do an episode on studying? And Sam and I were just like, how have we not done an episode on studying? Like School was honestly, that's one of the most embarrassing oversights (laughs) I've had with this podcast so far. It is, but if you're not like in school or anything like that, like don't go anywhere because because we're gonna be actually like a lot of these things and these strategies I've carried over to work and just focusing on different tasks at work, and so I think that it it all really goes together. And when we were discussing this before we got on. Alana said it really well. She was like, look, this just applies to doing stuff that you don't want to do. And literally every day, every day I do stuff I just don't want to do. And then most days I don't do stuff I don't want to do, which is the biggest issue. So (laughs) it is. Um, So to kick it off, like the first thing I want to acknowledge, if you Google this stuff, if you like the general advice, it's all going to say the same thing. It says, use timers, use things like the Pomodoro method, um, like break things into small parts, like all these things that are like known and we've heard it and we know it, but then it's like, okay, how do we actually do it? So yeah. I really like was thinking back into the things that work for me and the things that I, you know, work, you know, teach as a coach too. But like, I just think it, these are all like going a little bit deeper and they're, you know, important. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is environment and how much environment matters. So pretty much what I'm thinking with this one is like, if you know that being in a room where you have something to clean or something that you're going to find, like something to organize, anything that can be distracting, even if it's like productive distractions, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we want to be aware of. Like, what are the things that kind of derail you? And we want to stay away from those things. You know what I mean? For me, I always have laundry to do. Like I'm always in a laundry rotation of some sort and I don't love doing laundry, but I do like doing laundry sometimes more than I like doing the work tasks I have to do. So I'll put off work to do the other stuff that I do need to do, but that stuff does not need to be done right now. And so I've even found you're so right. Sometimes I have to leave and I love working from home for a lot of reasons, but I have to leave my apartment and go to like a classically busier environment like a coffee shop or a library. And I do find that it helps focus my mind a lot more than being in my quiet apartment where I have a lot more distractions. Totally. That laundry like sounds so appealing when all of a sudden we have something else that we have to do. It's like, oh, great. Now I'll do all these things that I've always put off. Empty the dishwasher. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've mopped my my floors instead of doing work. I hope my boss isn't listening. I always get my work done eventually. But I will say like the tasks that I have to do that are non-negotiables like my job, 
I have to do them eventually. So I'll find myself, you know, working at 8 p.m. And that's, you know, and I kick myself because I'm like, I should have done this. You know, what was I doing all day? And then I realized I was doing all day stuff that's important, but stuff that wasn't a high priority. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like and the urgent- not as easy as writing a list and prioritizing it because I just ignore it. Yeah, no, totally. Like kind of being able to tell the difference between like what's urgent and what mm-hmm. what's important because everything will feel urgent, you know, like everything is yeah. like, you can do that now, but is it the most important? That's kind of what we want to ask ourselves. I do um, think like switching up your environment is such, I'm so happy that that was the first one that you mentioned. Yeah. I think it's like such a key important thing. And like, remember not everyone's environment will work for everyone. So like for me, is that what you're about to say? That's exactly what I was going to say. Cause your example was a coffee shop. And I think that works for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it can, there's accountability, like there's people around you. It kind of like can keep you more accountable to focusing on what you're doing. But I have to say, I have a ton of types of work that I need a completely quiet environment for. So like for me, it really depends, you know, like if I'm doing light work, I can totally do it in a coffee shop. If I'm doing something where I need to like be really thinking, like I can't be in a busy environment like that, you know? I mean- for, I love, I will do a coffee shop over anything, but like there, if you're not in school and you don't have access to like school resources, you know, municipal libraries, I found, you know, cities put a lot of money into libraries most of the time. Um, and, you know, granted you and I have a unique perspective. We live in really big cities. So in Austin, at least the downtown library is gorgeous and stunning and you can rent out private rooms for free if you're a member of the library. Like there's a lot of different ways to tailor your environment if you just can't be at home. And also like for me, I don't know why, but my apartment doesn't have state. Like I don't have, it's one floor, like it's one floor, right? I find it really difficult that I don't have any physical separation between my bedroom and my like office table where I do work, like it's, I'm looking at my bedroom right now. So I, you know, getting as far away from my bedroom isn't far enough in my apartment. So I do find that like, I have to leave a lot of the time. Yeah, And that's actually like making your bed. One of the reasons that that's good too, is because you're, you're not going to, most of the time, you're not going to like unmake your bed in the middle of the day and like get in, you know, like it keeps it like, that's a nighttime thing. So like, it helps kind of create more of that, like, barrier for people who do work from home yeah but I think so for me like thinking back to college and grad school um our library had a silent floor I think a lot of them do mm-hmm. and first was the fourth floor it was terrifying yeah <laughs> see this is so funny like I had friends who would never go to that floor they hated that floor and I didn't even realize like I, what I was doing or why it helped me so much but like I was constantly choosing like to go there alone as opposed to like the other floors that my friends would go on because I knew that as much as I wanted to be on the other floor, like I wouldn't get anything done. I can't because if I'm hearing conversations game over, you know, so like do what's best for you. Yeah. And I think like while we're on the school topic very, very quickly, I, um, had a lot of friends who had very like memorized heavy type of like style of classes and testing. I wrote papers all the time. That's pretty much all I did. And that's what I wanted to do. And so I had the liberty of taking breaks. Like I didn't need, you know, this 
really intense study time like a lot of my friends did. So I didn't find that I needed a quiet environment. And I would actually watch, like I would go to the library computers and then use those. And then on my personal laptop, I would be playing like some TV show that I've watched 80 billion times just for like some comfort and background noise. But my friends would always make fun of me. They were like, I can't believe you're studying for finals and you're also watching Suits. And I'm like, but my studying for finals is writing a 40 page paper. Like it is different than my friends who were like in bio and chem classes and they had to memorize stuff. I just never did. So, you know, it's a lot about the type of class you're studying for also, you know, like I think that people just need to be gentle and they need to personalize things and it's okay to do that. If all of your friends are doing one thing, go do the other thing. Totally. Yeah, definitely. And, um, on that same thing as well. Like for me, I was always listening to classical music because I couldn't have, I know there's a lot of people who like, if they're reading or if they're writing, they can't be hearing other words, like words in a song. Um, this is like so perfect. Cause me and you are so different within the ways that we were, you know, I, that's yeah, I would listen to the same song over and over again. Uh-huh. So I eventually just tuned out the words. I don't know what it was though. Like both you and I went, I don't actually, yeah, both you and I went to relatively stressful schools. I will say William and Mary was. Yeah, ours, yes. mine was not as stressful. As, I mean, it was stressful. My program was stressful, but like William and Mary is a completely different level. I can't was, even explain. Like my friends and I think about it, I did not belong at that school. Like it was by far the best school that I got into. And I feel like a little bit that they just kind of hadn't accepted any kids from Kansas in that year. And they were like, oh, a girl from Kansas. This will round out the diversity pretty well. So I got there and it was like a whole different universe. I mean, I'm like, I know that I'm not articulating this well enough, but I have a lot of PTSD from school and studying and you know like what that did to my self-esteem and stuff and I think that if I had been a lot more personalized with how I needed to study and like took it a lot more seriously and set myself up for success I probably wouldn't feel so scarred by the situation but you know I do feel like this is a big problem with the American school system and this is definitely an aside but I do want to make this known we push ourselves so hard at such a young age And so all of the people that are in school right now and getting, you know, higher level education, like I just want to say, I'm, I'm so impressed, you know, the amount of sacrifice it takes to put yourself in those situations and everything else that goes by the wayside, sometimes even our mental health, like the position that we are in to seek higher level education is like not an easy one. And so it's really important to personalize the way that you like to study and the way that you need to get things done. And I wish that I had taken that more seriously, you know, but I was a kid. We were young and like, how are we supposed to know? And I I think it's interesting to think back and see. And when I was making this list, I was like, wow, all these different things I eventually learned how to do. I didn't realize was like listening to my ADHD, listening to my learning style. And so that's why I think it's interesting, like regardless of school or work, like it is all relevant. And So like I was saying about classical music, so like I listen to that a lot. Now, like I know, like brown noise is, helps me so much. And no one was talking about brown noise at that time. It kind of blew up because of TikTok. So like just try different things, see if that works. You never know like what things are going to click. And like what you were saying about like the background noise of having a show, like 
always that will help me like with cleaning tasks and like other things that I need to focus on. A show that I know what's going to happen. I'm not, I, to the point where I'm like, why am I watching this again? But it's just to have something there. And like when I were talking about this with healthcare stuff earlier, so this is not the same, but I do think that school is one of those environments that has the power to really like make us think that our ADHD and the way our brains work is abnormal and isn't great, you know? So it is a time that we have to work on our self-advocacy, which is really hard and really scary to like stick up for yourself, even when you don't really know what you're sticking up for or how to do it correctly. So, you know, it, it it's hard. I'm that just like brought back this memory of like, you know, the classes in, in college were, were like, long you know some of them were split up and then sometimes there was like once a week ones and so in grad school hour once a week they were three were they not like three and a half or something they were your one my one so I had one once a week class I actually this is a better thing I have a friend who's a PhD candidate at UT right now and I mean that's a whole other kettle of fish how hard she works and how intelligent she is it just baffles me but she has one class on like Tuesday nights from like six to nine thirty. Who can learn at six no. to nine thirty? I'm like, when do you eat dinner? When do you breathe? Like I just don't understand how that's setting students up for success and it is incessantly frustrating. So I was in this um I got while I was getting my master's in social work, I got I also got my certificate in nonprofit management. And so that was in like the um policy school like it was in a different mm-hmm. one like the social work program for me was like they were so much more just like aware yeah. of the students needs because it is about mental health and social you know so my program was amazing critical I guess yeah to accommodate student needs no totally and but other programs aren't like that and I recognize that like I totally recognize like I can only imagine like my you know one of my best friends an accountant and I just know like her that stuff wasn't they weren't talking about like what's best for the student, you know, but I was in this program that was, like I said, in the policy, it was a one class I needed to get this cert- certification in the policy school. And it was once a week, the only option seven to nine forty. Seven to nine forty. Guys, when I tell you I mentally check out, honestly, some 4 p.m. Like that's when my, you know, if I'm working all day like that. And so that was just one of the hardest things for me. And I mean, that really came down to just like doing it because I truly had no other option, but I don't even know why I brought this up other than like it really sucked. (laughs) Well, I feel like a lot of the catharsis I get from recording these is really just like reaching (laughs) back into my memories and being like, wait, that really sucked. So I do get what you mean. Yeah, it just wasn't there first. So I guess, okay. I guess all we can do is like, if you have choices, like think about the times that your, you know, your mind is kind of able to think think more clearly. And if you, for example, those days, I couldn't start my normal day, like starting at 8am or else there'd be no way. So you're going to have to like be strategic in your planning and like balance things out. And I will say this is definitely not, there are some educators that really should just have chosen a different path. There are some professors where you're like, you've clearly reached your prime 10 years ago and now you're angry. Like I had a couple of professors that I was like, why are you even a teacher? It doesn't even seem like you have, you enjoy this. Oh, they're doing it because the power trip. Totally. So 
this is not going to work for every professor, but there are professors that like, I can't tell you how much of a leg up I got sometimes from just talking to my professors. They were like, I can't believe you came in and talked to me. You know, like it's such a rare thing. Sometimes this is not the case for everyone. And I was, and I'll just put this out there. I was a religious studies, Middle Eastern studies, double major. So I had a very, very, I think I graduated in my school with six other kids. So, but the amount of stuff, genuine connection, I got to go to Germany and Austria, you know, like all of these things from just creating relationships with my professors. I remember this is a good story. I had, I, messed up. I, my friends all tease me about this from college. I was not very responsible with counting the amount of credits I needed to graduate. And I was halfway through my spring semester of my senior year when I realized I was going to be short one credit. And I went to my, one of my professors and I was like, I need to do a last minute independent study for one credit. Otherwise I won't be able to graduate. And because I had forged a relationship with her well before and just went in to talk about testing. And like, I didn't like to take tests in the classroom. It made me really anxious when people would finish before me. So she, you know, like I got to go take a test in a different room when it was more quiet. She just made up an independent study for me so that I could graduate. I mean, I did the work. There was actual work. She had to give me reading and I wrote papers and stuff. But I just think that it's, we you hear it all the time, like talk to your professors, but, and sometimes that's just more work, you know, and you're like, I'm already doing so much, but like professors have a lot of leeway when making our lives easy versus making our lives difficult. And like, it's a good resource to utilize if you can. Totally. Like communication with bosses, like professors, anyone, you know, it just, it can never hurt. And um, that actually, we could do like a whole episode. We're not going to do like talk about accommodations, but a lot of schools do have accommodations. Like Sam mentioned, taking tests in another class. Like for me, that was really important, especially in lecture halls, because the second people would start walking up, literally having to step over you to get out. And I still had like an entire exam left. Like that was really, really overwhelming. And so, yeah, yeah. See, see what accommodations you have. Usually they're called like um, the Office of Educational Accessibility or like things like that. Most most schools have them. So just see what's there because there are accommodations for ADHD and things like that. Um, one of the other things I wanted to mention too was um, allowing myself, like I kind of didn't do this and I do this now in work, like allowing yourself to engage with the information or the material in like different ways so like obviously we're taught like just read things and then that's it you know but when I say engage in them with the material in different ways like what that looks like for me now is like googling um the topic for dummies on YouTube or like watching like someone else explain a topic on YouTube in like a really short video like I can't explain but having these different ways of things explained has just like changed the entire way that I learned. Like that's probably one of the biggest things for me. Totally. I remember I, in some of my Middle Eastern studies classes, a lot of it was like, not a lot of it, but there were large portions of it that was very geography based, Mm -hmm. you know, because it is such a confusing region of the world. And it is important to know physically where everything is. And so we had to take maps tests in one of my classes, like once a week. And I, after like three weeks of having to go up to the professor and say, I just did not do well on this. I don't know how to do better, blah, blah, blah. I finally realized that I needed 
to overlay overlay um a piece of like see what's that see-through paper oh um so you could like write on it with whiteboard or yeah over over a map that was already filled out I don't know I made it probably made it so much more complicated than it needed to be done but it was the only way that I could memorize things so it does feel like I get stuck in this a lot I don't want to start something in because I don't want to do something new because I'm like what if it doesn't work and I've wasted all of this time yeah you know doing something that's not going to work just have to start over again but like what I keep forgetting is stuff that doesn't work it's important data points you know like yeah. Now you know, and now I know how to memorize things. And I don't really need to do that much in a professional, my daily life. But like, I have to learn right now, I have to learn how to code for an app I have to build. I don't want to build an app. I don't know how to build an app, you know, and I have to take classes for it for work. And I'm pretty stressed out about it. But all of these things that I learned how to do in school are like helping me now, kind of. So I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And like, um, like you said, it does take extra work to kind of like for you doing the maps in that way. But like what I think of with that is like, for example, flashcards, like having it's two things being able to like write down the information like that helps me process it. And then having this physical thing in my hand while I'm learning it, as opposed to like even like Quizlet has online you know, flashcards, but for me, like having something physically in front of me just like really helps. So like just taking the time to kind of like engage in different ways and whatever you need. And also that looks like highlighting sometimes or like, you know, just like highlighting in different colors, like all these, whatever works, you know. I like writing out things. I prefer to write things out, even if the notes are silly and don't really make sense. It just helps me listen better. Mm -hmm. So you know, online stuff will never work. But I think that we've even spoken about this in other episodes before, you know, like whether it's digital or writing it out or, you know, whatever, it doesn't really matter if it looks silly. Right. Totally. Like if it works. Yeah. It works. Um, But yeah, so definitely like figuring out ways to do that. Um I wish I did this planning in extra time. Like, obviously I've learned a lot about time blindness now and stuff. I just wish I kind of like, we do need those buffers. We do need to like plan for the times where like our brain just isn't braining because it doesn't always happen. And like, that's okay. Like that's just going to be part of it. So if I had like planned in that time, I feel like that would have been a lot more helpful. Yeah. I mean, we're always going to be motivated by deadlines. Like that's a thing that helps us and stuff, but we want to tend to support ourselves and like often creating or building in a little bit extra time, a little bit more of those buffers, like go a really long way. And you know what else I realized, like looping back to the professor thing is it a lot of the time I wouldn't follow deadlines that were set for myself. You know, like if the paper was due on Friday and I was like, okay, I'd like to have a first draft done by Tuesday. I'd be like, you know, that's an easier deadline for me to say, "Mm, maybe not. But if I went up to my professor and I was like, would you be willing to read over my first draft and give me some pointers on Tuesday? That was like a really easy way to hold myself accountable. And nine times out of 10, the professor was not only willing to do that, I would get a much better grade on the final because they were aware of how much work I put in. So again, I'm not super, not a confident test taker like at all. 
testing is really difficult for me, but like with paper writing and stuff, the more involvement I gave the professors in my process, the better grade I got. Mm-hmm. That was just a blanket rule. Definitely. The, um, to, you know, that also like accountability, like accountability buddies, like body doubling. If you're just sitting there with someone else, who's also sitting there to work on something yeah. that's really helpful in work and, you know, and your class friends do not have to be your life friends. There were a lot of kids in my religious studies classes that I never would have wanted to be friends with in real life. Like we just had nothing in common, but having contacts and community within that environment was really important. Like really, really, really important. Totally. Um, The last thing I just want to mention, because I think that this is like really important. Um, Because this goes for like the day to day also, but like for a full semester as well. Um, And I know planning isn't, you know, always easy. And we have to, like we've said this time, we have to find ways to make it work for us. Like we just do. But with that being said, whatever way that works, however you plan, taking extra time on the front end of things to like plan, whether it's your, you're putting all your deadlines in your calendar or you're planning out your day for 10 minutes every day, just listing the main things you're going to focus on. It's an extra step at the beginning, but it does save time and it does make, it keeps us on track. And then those times that we do get distracted because it happens, right? It's not a foolproof system. Like we're going to get distracted. It It is the only guarantee that you will be derailed at some point. We will. But like when you have these kind of plans, it helps us know where to pick back up. And so for me, like it took, I think an hour, I would, what I would do at the beginning of every semester is like all my, like all the syllabus, or do you call them like syllabi when it's like multiple? Isn't it? I actually think it is syllabi. Okay. That feels weird. But that word sounds ridiculous. So. I know. So I should have saying that. Um, But like putting all the deadlines in my calendar at once, like, and yes, that was a pain. And like, I would sit there and I not like it, but that one hour at the beginning, I can't explain how much that helps throughout the rest of the semester. And then yeah. now smaller level of that, doing that for my day, taking extra 10 minutes in my day before I have a busy work day and just highlighting the main things that I have to get to. I don't always get to it, but again, it has that like written, like I know back, I can go back to it. I know where to yeah. pick back. And I just want to be a big advocate for like adding in moments or times of like doing stuff for yourself. I love napping. I used to think napping was really, really bad. And it turns out it's actually not thanks to our favorite man, Dr. Andrew Huberman. You should look him up. Um, he advocates for naps. He, he's a professor at Stanford. So it's an, a legitimate person. And he says naps are actually really, really good for people who utilize them and do it well. So I love napping. And if I can work in a nap during my day, that's wonderful for me, but it does have to be premeditated. I can't just be like, oh, I'm feeling a little sleepy, you know? So just doing the things that don't work for other people, but do work for you. I don't know. I think a lot of the gist of this is just self-advocacy, which is really hard. It's really, really hard to advocate for yourself, but got to start somewhere. I'm so glad that you said that one because we need breaks. Like we need our brain needs those dopamine breaks, the quick walks, the quick stretches, the like switching rooms, like plan those in as much as you can. Obviously we, it's not always like going to be perfect, but it is really helpful. Like we have to find, we have to make time for those breaks. That's 
we have to. I'm so glad you said that one because that, that's like really important. And you know, if there's any portion of this that we've touched on that you guys would like us to get deeper into, we can. Yeah. So just let us know. Yeah, that's actually been so fun. Like, I really feel like Sam and I are like really gaining momentum in terms of just like this community and like connecting with you guys and like the messages we're getting and the feedback. It's It's been like really exciting. And so yeah. we love connecting with you. Like always send me a message on um, absolutely.adhd Instagram page. Like I always send them to Sam, like always. So yeah, I'm not much of a social media guru, but I do always get your feedback. Alana will screenshot it and text it to me. So because yeah. they're so they're so sweet and it like lifts our day. Um, this was more of like a you know I, I guess like a tip oriented episode, but I think it was good. Yeah. I think we definitely had to touch on studying, focusing. Like we said, it all goes into work and all these other honestly anything we don't want to do for anyone struggling or feeling stuck right now. We're proud of you and yeah. just yeah, keep at it and send us messages and tell us how we can help. But thank you guys so much for listening. And if anyone is um, doing social work and or religious studies and Middle Eastern studies, let us know and we can send you our notes. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. As I said, I'll be leaving the Habits That Stick link for my new program in the show notes. So I really hope to see you guys inside of that class. And- yeah, and if you felt like any of what we talked about on this episode kind of like struck, you know, you as important. There's a lot of crossover between what we're talking about now and what that course is. So just check it out. Ask questions. Reach out to Alana if you have any, if you're curious and you want more information. So, yeah. Definitely. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your week and we will talk to you soon. Yes, good luck doing the things you guys don't want to do. We're proud of you and we're, <laughs> and we're there with you. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye.